Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Pat, you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. This is my advice to you. And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Alrighty, go bros. I got Mr. John Brooks on the line here. Uh, last time I saw John, uh, we were playing basketball with Lance Allred. And uh, steamboat over the over the summer, and he found out he had uh, he didn't find out he found out his brother had COVID or or something like that, and he left after one day. He sacrificed after one day only to come home and find out he didn't have it. But I think it was the right thing to do. So, uh, anyways, it was it was good to play basketball with you. Good to get to know you then, and uh, uh, glad you're back healthy and uh, on the Go Abundance podcast. So, uh, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Very grateful. Hey, John, give us a uh, a rundown, like the last, uh, uh, all the, basically till now, right? Your life, day you were born till now, you know, tell us your story. Sure. Yeah. I grew up in Falls Church, Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., which is just a powerhouse of economics and politics. And Went to school there, have two older brothers, very competitive with my brothers, have amazing parents, great family, been together a very long time, their high school sweethearts. I, uh, you know, kind of fooled around in high school, wasn't necessarily the best. And then I ran into a friend that was an international student who changed the direction of my life. I became best friends with him, became more cultured, started st- focusing on school. He, he showed me the importance of reading books. I don't think I ever read a book before I met him. And I ended up the last two years of school getting 4.0 GPAs for, you know, after coming from being a C student to an A student just by meeting one person. And I ended up, I didn't get into UVA. I really wanted to go to UVA, got into Virginia Tech, uh, which I was lucky to get into, to be honest with you. Uh, And I just crushed it at Virginia Tech. I was first in my class for finance, got into an investment club where I could manage money in the bond market using Bloomberg terminals and Got to be around this whole different crew, this whole different mindset. I was, and I, I graduated, you know, I got a really coveted internship at Goldman Sachs doing private wealth management in DC. Got to do the big four accounting stuff. You know, I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Ended up graduating and going to an economic think tank 
and living in my mom's basement because you don't get paid a lot of money uh, being like an economist or analyst type of thing and, and traveling in on the metro in the snow to work. And I, at a certain point, I just got frustrated after a year of working, not having any money and living in my mom's basement. I was like, the, I was the typical millennial, right? Like that's exactly what you would expect. And I was just fed up with it. So I checked my bank account. I had a couple grand and I convinced my girlfriend, Brittany, who I met my freshman year at college at Virginia Tech to move to Jacksonville, Florida with me. And neither of us, I I had never been there. So I was just like, all I know is that I need to escape this situation and this environment that I'm currently in and go find something else to do. Showed up in Jacksonville. I switched jobs right away. The quality of the, the people at the company was completely different in Jacksonville than it was in DC. And I switched over to, uh, to Deutsche Bank, which is a great company, got super lucky, got on this great desk with great mentors. And basically what happened was they took me under their wing and trained me up for eight months. And I learned a ton. And then there was a LIBOR scandal. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but uh, the two CEOs were indicted. So they did a pay freeze across the United States. So even though wow. I did work and the desk was highly profitable they did a pay freeze they didn't do bonuses and that's the whole reason you go to wall street anyway is to work your butt off and to get the bonuses and right at that time i was going through my first real estate transaction buying a house with my girlfriend and we oh my gosh it was horrible i had submitted an offer the listing agent i found out later i knocked on the seller's door said the seller said he never even received the offer after after 48 hours And they didn't even have photos on their listing. And so I negotiated directly with the seller to buy the home. And I saw this, the settlement statement. I was like, holy cow, how much did that guy make? He didn't do that. That person make, they didn't do anything. And I was like, I, and they didn't even provide me very good service. I had to figure out everything on my own. I didn't understand why I was paying such great commissions. Like it would have been worth it if I had some guidance there. And so I just decided a week later, I just studied and got my real estate license and quit my job. And I was, you know, 80 grand in debt. I had uh, car loans, student loans. I just had the mortgage for the house. You know, it's a couple, you know, I just, my wife was like, or my girlfriend at the time, Brittany, she, she was like, you, you have six months to figure out how to do this. So that was when the entrepreneurial journey started. It was kind of just escaping, figuring out, you know, I didn't want to have somebody else in control of my income and then just willing to take the risk because there was so much pain of somebody else having complete control of my life. And I just wow. didn't with that. And so where are you now? So now, I mean, just to fast forward, I started a company, sold 66 homes my first year, basically just pure grind, working investment banking hours, just in real estate, sold 12.1 mil. The second year sold uh, 20.1 mil. And I started racking up the cash, pay down the debt, start doing the, you know, buy a house move every couple months, buy a house move every couple months, brought my wife into the business, Brittany, she became a buyer agent. She crushed it. So in our third wow. year, we were in 36 mil. And we became millionaires in, in three and a half years, which no one else in our market or even our area had ever done. Most of the agents we knew were still flat broke. And we were really confused because their production level was high. Uh, so, you know, we were invited to speak at conferences. We were starting to teach in the market centers that we were in. And we loved the company we were with. It just started getting a little bit political on what we could and couldn't do. So again, I started to feel the restrictions on the messaging and how I thought I could best help other people. So my wife and I launched at the beginning of this year, Momentum Realty. 
And I co-founded that with her and that exploded. Uh, we now have 88 agents that are on pace to do, uh, it's gotta be like 360 mil over the next 12 months. Um, which okay, so really- tell me about that. So that's a year old, right? Yeah, it started Jan- January 17th. A of year this old. Month. And what's, what's the value proposition? I'm an agent, you know, why should I join? Why are 88 agents just joining Momentum Realty? Well, the main thing is we already have a proven playbook in your market, right? So if you want to be around people who are highly motivated that have a proven playbook and that is outperforming everybody in your market, you can align yourself with us and we'll basically give you the playbook and help you run a, play, a playbook for getting leads? Lead generation, managing your financials, managing your CRM, managing your touch program, basically everything. I mean, doesn't everybody have that though? I mean, don't, you, they, don't you're, imp- huh? they don't implement so there's accountability around that. I guess the teams do, right? The teams, teams have the teams have massive accountability and they have a playbook, any team. But the but the difference probably is the team wants 50%. Right? So you're giving them so I think your value proposition isn't necessarily a playbook because there's there's no proprietariness in that, right? But it is in that end a really really aggressive split. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're getting the value of a team for 20% of what you pay into an actual team. So yeah. what do you so what do you what, what are your guys splits like a, a brand new agent or an agent wants to come over there? Uh, well, so first off, we the, one of the things that we're different is we don't take brand new agents. So you have to do 10 plus deals per year. Uh, you have to have a really good attitude. There's a three step cultural interview between, you know, the cultural ambassadors, our brand ambassador, my wife and me. Um, we personally vet the individuals who come in. We actually turn away around 60% of the agents who try to join the organization. Damn. Yeah. So if we did Sounds it- like abundance. You <laughs> just got 200 uh, bigger pockets. There was a bigger pockets episode. They just posted it in the Facebook group. We got over 200 applications on it. 75% of them don't qualify or we're going to have to turn down. But still, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's a very, it sounds, sounds like a similar model to, so uh, it, in concept, as far as, you know, you're only taking the cream of the crop, but what, uh, talk to me, what is the split? Yeah. I mean, it's like a 6% like kind of franchise fee, which is 0.002 times the sales price. It comes out to be around 6% generally, plus a 250 transaction fee that most commonly yeah. comes to the customer. So a 94-6 split and, and, uh, and no other franchise, no franchise fee because you're, you're an independent company. So there's a 94-6, but you treat them like they would be on a team uh, where they'd have to pay 50-50. So that, that makes a, a lot of sense. So very, very interesting. So do you have any other realms of horizontal income? Yeah. So, I mean, in May, we opened a mortgage company um, in nice. group and we did that through a GoBro actually. So thanks to- Who's that? Jason Shinpa. And oh yeah, Jason. Traveling Jason. Yeah. Uh, so he, he helped us open the branch and it's been, you know, crushing it. We're doing 20 to 30 loans a month at this, at this pace. Oh man, that's awesome. And then Damn, we- I wish I could do that. And then we opened an insurance company as well two months ago. So we're looking to build the platform of title mortgage insurance and the brokerage and rapid. Smart man. There's a lot of there's a lot of brokers doing that, right? They don't care about the splits anymore. They just care about the insurance and the ancillary, and it just it makes sense. All right, cool. And then so you got the insurance company, you got the mortgage company. 
and then of course you got your your overhead splits, which probably don't add up to much. But and and, and what else you got? And then we own rental properties, and then we have you know we're building out a stock portfolio. We never got serious about the four hundred one k or the traditional IRA, so we're learning and going through that. And you know, again, all this wealth is brand new to us, so we're learning. That's why GoBundance is so valuable to us, is because you know this is the first. You know, yes, I was a finance major. But that doesn't mean I know how to manage money, <laughs> to be honest. Like, you just learn stuff out of a textbook. There's a huge difference in, you know, actually implementing what you know. And so we're, we're starting, yeah. to, you know, hey, where's the right lever to pull? How much do we reinvest back in the business? How much do we have cash for opportunity? Um, so we're looking to add, you know, businesses. I, I love building. My wife loves building businesses and processes. So if we can add you know, an HVAC company or roofing or a repair company, maybe something with good margins, that would be a great value add or add on business like Cody Sanchez teaches. That's mm. kind of where our head is, is focused because our, if our strength is anything, it's putting the system together and then forcing the service through the system. Yeah, absolutely. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Absolutely. What about, you know, your personal expenses? So what percentage are you? I mean, our, our rentals cover all of our expenses. We're very frugal. I mean, we... So you are, you are a hundred percenter. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's actually closer to like 86%. You know, because 86%. Okay. Our lifestyle creep just came up. We moved into a country club. We've got a couple more expenses. But, you know, from the rental income that covers most of our living expenses, we live on maybe like 4500 bucks a month. We're not, we don't spend a lot of money. We're perfectly happy. Crazy. Insane. All right. And so let's switch to that. Perfectly happy. What is your LHI currently? Life Happiness Index. I did this with uh, my GoBros the other week. I'm, I'm at a seven. Uh, I just had one of, we were playing basketball and Breck, uh, I actually was on my way to getting back surgery. So that's why I, I, I suck so bad. And I, you know, it's like a legitimate excuse. Yeah, I was wondering about that, dude. No, I'm just teasing. I'm the worst <laughs> basketball player ever. So I didn't know. Yeah, I couldn't dunk on Lance, but um, I had to get back surgery uh, two and a half months ago, and that was because I just did not focus on exercising, building my core. I was, you know, when I was slinging real estate, I was driving around in a Camaro all day, and it was it was not good. I was eating Chick Fil A, so you know, I I gave that was a big thing that I'm still working on. So I've got I, I got a nutritionist. I got the surgery. I'm exercising every single day. We're we're being very cautious of what we bring into the house. Um, also, what's low is is giving back. I have not spent a lot of time giving back other I've been pouring into the businesses, which in, in our mind is kind of a way of giving back because we're helping these agents become more profitable. And, you know, uh, we, we have some charities that we're involved with, but it's not to the extent that I would like to see it. So that's going to be a big focus next year. And then, you know, we've been grinding. So, I mean, the, the hobbies this year have gone to, to the wayside ever since COVID started. So we've just been putting all of our focus into the business. And so next year, you know, once everything starts opening up, we're definitely going to be spending more, more time building relationship and connection with the community. That's, that's, that's awesome, dude. Smart. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to force that, right? I think we all, not all of us, but a lot of us struggle with the, with the, with the give back. I know I do. Uh, here it is, you know, it's almost December 1st and I looked in and my 
they give back was like poultry. So I like literally in the last week gave out 10 grand, one grand at a time. I just started asking people, Hey, do you know a charity? Hey, do you know a charity? I gave 10 charities, like a thousand bucks. So just to push it out the door, you know what I mean? Just to get it done this year. All right. So let's talk about your health. If you don't mind, I know you started touching on that. How much do you weigh? Uh, so I am 211 this morning. Uh, I weigh myself every morning. I'm looking to get to 200 by probably the end of January is, is the goal. And that's just going to come down to eating correctly. It, I can exercise and all that kind of good stuff, but 90% of it is definitely what I put into my body. What, 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 do you, what is your diet? I mean, in the morning, I usually just do intermittent fasting. I just have a cup of coffee. And then at noon, I'm, I'm really hungry. And I try to go get a salad with chicken and spinach and all that kind of good stuff. And then I usually splurge for dinner. I mean, I like to live my life too. So I'll, you know, have like a hamburger or pizza sometimes. And that's what throws me back. So uh, the key is figuring out that last piece, which is dinner and making sure that, you know, it is a healthy option. So, you know, I got the first two meals of the day down and I got to have my exercise down. I exercise for about an hour a day. I can't do much because I'm still definitely recovering from back surgery, but I can walk. I can go for short runs and I can hit the gym with really light weights. Uh, but I have a feeling it's probably going to take me about a year to get back to, you know, somewhat normal. So yeah. Well, it sounds like it's just going to get better every single day. It's going to incrementally get better. And a year from now, you'll be doing all kinds of hot, fancy yoga and lifting freaking bench pressing and everything else. Uh, you know, that's kind of how it works, right? Yep. Take some time. All right. So let's talk about some goals. So yeah. what, what is John Brooks? Give me one really big business goal in the next 12 months. I want to build this platform. I have every ability to do it. I'm missing a few who's. And once I find those who's, we can have that total platform where we can say, hey, you work with us. You can, we can be that one-stop shop for title mortgage insurance and the brokerage. And then we'll add on some other add-ons. We've even got a credit repair company that we're working on as well. So we could just help more people. So, I mean, the goal is, and, and my personal mission is I had such a bad experience in real estate. I don't want to have other people have that same kind of issue. So if I can somehow control the process for the agents, at least in our company, that are using our platform to kind of force the five-star experience through the communication, the speed of communication, and the knowledge building, that's a, that's a win in my book. So we, we kind of rank our brokerage not on the number of agents, but like the number of five-star customer experiences that we, that we give out there. And the more ancillary that we can get, the more control we have, and the more control is going gonna, is gonna to force the service. Yeah. So that which is measured gets managed. You know that. That's why you step on a scale every day. Yep. Give me a number. You got 83 agents. Give me an 88. Give me a number. 12 months from now. Give me a number. I mean, we keep denying more people and we're accept That's the, I know that's like whatever. Give me a number. 200, 300, 500. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'll hold you accountable. 180. But right. again, 180. Boom. You said it. Don't blow it. <laughs> 100 awesome agents that are within culture that care about customer service than 200 crappy ones because crappy yeah ones. yeah so i just well, don't want 100 agents that pass the test or 100 agents that sell 10 or more houses a year that do a great job for their customer yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah. all right what about personal one goal you know i want to continue to grow the family we have a baby due in a week and a half so uh, 
Yeah. Second child. So we have a boy. I want to continue to grow the family and kind of put the family values in place. That's why I'm learning so much from GoBundance. I've never even heard of like a family mission statement or family values. So really cool thing I did was reach out to um, my parents and my wife's parents and basically ask them like, hey, what are things that you want to pass down to our kids, you know, that are really important to you from a family value perspective. And I got like this long email back. It was super cool, you know, from them. And I think we're probably going to announce them at Thanksgiving tomorrow and just kind of start putting those pieces together for like legacy purposes. So that, you know, if I can kind of figure out, you know, we've never had money before. And and if there's a way to transfer this money to the next generation and, and instill some values that, will last, I think that'll be something that'll be really good for, for next year to focus on is to get clarity on exactly what does our family stand for. Mm, I love it. I love it. There was a guy, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that one? I can't think of his name. It's actually a very hard name to pronounce. Uh, a couple of months ago that came on and, and was talking about that. He had, he has a, a, him and his kids are designing a family crest. Yeah, no, I didn't hear that one, but there was someone on more recently that was talking just about the the legacy, like 70% of business or wealth doesn't transfer to the third generation or the second generation. And that just got me thinking, I was like, holy cow, like think of all the generations that came before us that failed. And I don't want to be part of that. Well, yeah, well, what this dude was talking about creatively, him and his wife and three kids for a year now, I've been working on what is the family crest and what does everything on it represent? The words and the, I don't know. No, I think it's awesome. So, um, okay, cool stuff, man. Cool stuff. Well, let, let's talk about your greatest hits. Like if you had to go back, how old are you, John? I'm 29. Wow. If you had to go back in the last 29 years, I need to pick three greatest hits, three major moments. Not cliches. You can't say uh, when your kids were born or, or when you got married. Pick three that were like major greatest hits for you. Yeah, so not a lot of people know this about me, but I, I'm actually the Pokemon world champion. From age 8 eight to 12, I was traveling throughout the United States and internationally to play the strategy card game. And I actually got invited by Wizards of the Coast to play and, and represent the United States in Hawaii. And I got to go with my dad. And I mean, the coolest thing, like my dad's been so supportive my whole life. And we got to go on this trip. We never go on like those crazy big trips. And this was one that was paid for because of something that I was able to contribute and have a blast with my dad. And so I was like one of my greatest hits was sitting there in Hawaii is this kid, you know, going on this crazy trip with my dad and, and meeting all these international players. Uh, I did lose in the international uh, uh, championship. And the reason why is because this, this other player um, from China, she learned how to flip a coin where it would have the perfect number of rotations to always land on heads. And the Pokemon did 10 times the number of, you know, heads that you flip in terms of damage. So all she'd have to do is keep flipping it and it would land on heads every single time. And I had never seen that before. And I don't think they even allow it now, but that knocked me out of the tournament in the first round. And I was like, wow, I think she went on to win the whole tournament, but uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> well, at least you got to go to China. You went to China for that? No, I went to Hawaii and there Hawaii. was another player from China. Yeah. So, but that was a, that was a greatest hit for me. And another one would be uh, I saved up. I was a lifeguard in high school with that best friend that I was mentioning before, uh, Nick, and we saved up money for like three years to go on a Euro trip after we graduated from college. 
And we just got to go travel all around Europe, Germany, France, Italy, and just got to see all the really cool sites because I had never been out of the United States before. And again, it was something I was able to do on my own, you know, inspired by somebody that I had met. And so that was like a really awesome experience. And then my third one would be, I got a call from, from Gary Keller to speak at mega camp in front of tens of thousands of agents on review and referral business. And man, when I got that call, I kind of broke down. I was just like so grateful and surprised and, and humbled. And so I got to go on stage and share with the agents. Um, and then a second year, I was invited back to, to talk about a profitable business and uh, getting connected with just people who are doing more. So I think those, you know, those are three big moments that would be kind of outside of, you know, the birth of my child and getting married to my wife kind of stuff. All right, John. So give me three future greatest hits. One would definitely be getting four kids and, you know, being a great dad. So I think that's really number one for me. Uh, number two, I think by building this platform, the, the wealth that's going to be built through it, I do want to get into Tiger 21 status. So I need that 30 million net worth. And I think that's something that I'm uh, looking forward to. And then one of the biggest things that I'm super passionate about is I hate seeing homeless people. I haven't really done much up until now, but I've always had this vision of building like a tiny house community or a shipping container community that would be financially stable and actually last more than one generation to house homeless individuals and then have that be managed. I think that would be like, if there's one thing that I could do, I think that that would be something that I'd spend a lot of time on. That's great. So what is your superpower, John? My superpower is my, it's my ability to focus and I'm not really great at a lot of things. So I'm, a, I'm aware of what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I'll outsource the stuff that I'm not good at and surround myself with people to do all the things that I'm really bad at. So uh, my wife really helps me with that because she's really good at a lot of things. So I just kind of pass it to her and then we kind of come up If she's not good at it or doesn't want to do it either. We pass it off to somebody else. Um, so that way we're always leveraging and, and making sure that we're not the bottleneck. And what's your kryptonite? I really like risk taking. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a, a gambler at, at heart. Uh, so I, again, like that's my strength as well is, you know, I know that I am that way. So I have to find a buddy that, or somebody to go into business with that is probably more conservative than me, um, at least financially. Otherwise, you know, I would bet the house almost every single time because <laughs> it's like dumb I don't know how to like optimism, uh, like too, too optimistic on the outcome. And so if I can find somebody who's a little bit more skeptical to have my back or, you know, Hey, like, for example, if we're at like a blackjack table or something, I'd need to, I would play for like 12 hours and be addicted to it, but I would make sure that I'm sitting next to my buddy who's pulling a chip off the table every time I make a bet. I love that. Smart man. All right. Are you ready to spin uh, the card deck now? Speaking of blackjack and, Get a card from the GoBundance app. Let's do it. All right, hold on. All right, Johnny Brooks. Yes, sir. Describe a time you showed up for someone when they needed it the most. Okay. This was before I got into real estate. My uncle, who I really look up to as an entrepreneur, had a brain aneurysm. And he needed to go to the hospital. And then he stayed with us. After, you know, usually when you have a brain aneurysm of his size, you just turn into a vegetable. And we pretty much figured that's what was going to be the case. And he stayed with us and we, you know, drove him around to and fro. 
And then what was, uh, we took care of him for a couple of months and it was, it was really hard, but you know, he needed, he needed the help and, and we were able to show up his family and, and help support him and to have the opportunity and the, and the wherewithal to be able to do that. We're really grateful for. And so, you know, once I hit that millionaire status, uh, I understood that my uncle, you know, he's down in South Florida. He needed a car cause he couldn't get around and he didn't have the money for it because he's, you know, he's going off of social security, Medicaid. So uh, I ended up just going down and buying him a car, a car with cash. And that's my way of giving is, is I usually just buy really expensive stuff for people who need it when they don't ask for it. And I just see that they need it. And so I was able to do that for him. And, and, you know, he broke down crying. He's like, no one ever bought me a car. My dad never bought me a car, you know, and the fact that you're able to do this for me. And, and, you know, I was explained to him, like, I've always looked up to you as an entrepreneur. I probably wouldn't even have the money to do this if it weren't for you you know, he gave to me. And, and so, you know, I, I don't know, it was, it was like a really great way to, to give back. And I like when I'm able to see something, and I'm able to actually help it through financials or providing a resource. It just, you know, it's, that's a win for me. I love that when I'm in the process of buying two cars for two 16 year olds, one is a mentee of mine, Josh, who you met. I told him when he saves up six months insurance and gets his license, I'm going to buy him a car. And the other is my niece, whose uh, father's in jail. And um, I told her the same thing. You save up six months insurance, you get a job, save up six months insurance, and I'll buy you a car. And um, so that, that, that'll both happen within the next six months. Told them it has to be a stick shift because this <laughs> way they can't, they can't text and drive and none of their friends could drive the car. That's smart. But that's what I'm doing. I'm in the process and I'm just going to buy them both. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's an awesome thing to do. I like that story. Yeah. All right, John. Well, this has been fun, buddy. It's good to see you again. And uh, hopefully I'll see you uh, in Tahoe. I will not be. I will be there virtually in spirit. My wife's giving birth. I, I'm not allowed out of the house. And I, you know, I want to be home for that as well for the fam. So I, I feel like a animal in a cage right now. And, and everybody's just looking at me through Zoom. So um, that's kind of how it'll be over the next uh, couple months until we get, you know, the family all good and, and the wife is happy. So I, I get it, man. Smart dude. Smart dude. Well, I will see you virtually and we will connect, I'm sure, in the, in the future after after the kids healthy and uh, out on out and about with the rest of the fam. Yeah. Well, thank you, Pat. I'm so grateful to be on the, the podcast and uh, also to be part of Go Abundance. Thank you for putting this together. It has changed my life and it's changing a lot of people's lives through the things that we're learning and sharing with other people. So, you know, thank you for doing all this. My pleasure. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can see.